yes, here we are, another episode of Keo Conversations. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, I'm chatting with Onik, who at the age of 13 created his first business and social venture. He's also one of the youngest social entrepreneurs ever to receive venture capital funding on Dragon's Den. And he continues this passion as well as innovating in the digital space as the chief operating officer and co-founder of TrueFan. I'm really pumped to share this chat because we really dive into social entrepreneurship and what that means today and how it's evolved over time. Obviously, we get into a lot of great mental fitness practices that have helped him throughout his journey and how he's continuing to evolve uh, as time goes on. So enjoy this conversation. Before we dive in, if you are enjoying these conversations, please do give us a little love wherever you're listening. Stars, reviews, they go a long way. Lastly, this podcast, this conversation, it's all brought to you by Kia, which is our mental fitness app. All of these incredible guests end up in app to help guide you through your daily reflection. Search KYO in the Apple App Store and it will pop up. Thank you as always and have the absolute best day yet. Who are you or what defines you? I like the second part of that. That's really cool. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Anna Claire. I am a 20-year-old entrepreneur, brother, and son. I think those are probably two of the more important titles I would give myself right now. But um, I'm the co-founder of a company called TrueFan with one of my best friends, Swishka Swami. Um, we do kind of social media fan engagement and discovery for brands and influencers. And um, I'm a brother to an awesome, amazing younger brother who's uh, 17 and in grade 11. And I am the eldest son to my mom, who's a lawyer and honestly, my biggest supporter and champion in life. So I guess that's kind of who I am right now. I love that last piece you just mentioned, the right, the right now. Um, what do you mean by that? Uh, like the um, the piece about like who I am right now, like specifically at the moment. Yeah, because oh, I, okay. I think that, uh, that's that's impactful. That's that's a good point. Yeah, I like from from my perspective, I think kind of who we are is an is really in my in my opinion an amalgamation of the relationships that you have as an individual um yeah you know material or you know work related or obviously very important and uh, work related you build a lot of great relationships but you know for for me um being 20 like obviously i, I mentioned you know swish being one of my closest friends um and the great relationship that him and i have kind of in, in the workplace and i have a great relationships with everyone on our on our team but for me kind of if if someone were to ask who i was or kind of what's the most important thing to me, you know, my mom and my brother are the first two things. And I think what defines me as a person and who I am is my relationship with them to how I treat them, how I can kind of impact their lives and kind of give back for all that they've done for me. Hmm. Has that always been 
like where in your family, because it, it's so, I'm sure everyone listening, you can feel it, right? Family is super important. And, and even just, you know, we, we were having a bit of a chat before we hit record. And uh, that was the vibe I was getting off you as well. It's just the, the value placed on family and those relationships. Is is that just something that's been ingrained your your whole childhood and you just had, you know, great role models from that perspective? Or it was it, did it come from something else? Um, I definitely say that it's been something that's been important for me for a long time. Um, my mom has four siblings. They each have uh, a lot of kids. So I, I have um, I have nine cousins, first cousins. Wow. So, uh, and I remember growing up, I grew up uh, oftentimes being in my grandparents' house with them and, you know, at least one to two of my first cousins being there. So the idea of spending time with family on the weekend or after school was very much ingrained in me at a young age. And um, at the end of the day, I'm, you know, I'm 20 years old, but I understand that it takes a village to raise a child. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, my, my whole family uh, came behind and supported me in, in everything that I did, whether it was entrepreneurial, whether it was public speaking whether it was sports, um, they were all there and I wouldn't have been able to have the, I guess, you know, what's quote unquote success in, in any of those if it weren't for their love and support and guidance. So um, I think now, you know, I'm still young, I'm still 20 years old, but the sooner I can understand the value of family and the value of love that those individuals have placed on me and and learn to reciprocate that in my other relationships the the further along I'll be as a human being love how you put that and it's I'm glad you brought up you know even the the fact that you know you're only you're only 20 at at this point but I mean, let's, let's, let's be very, uh, on, you're being very modest, but I, I just want to be honest with the, with the audience. I mean, you've done a lot of incredible things, um, uh, in, in that sh- the short time you've been on this, this planet, which, which is exciting, uh, personally here, cause I, you know, I can't wait to see what you do in the next 20 years, but why don't you, why don't you back that up a bit and just share a little bit about, about your journey? Because I can see, you know, just some of the things that you've just shared about the support, um, I can see how important that would be uh, when it comes to you know, public speaking and, and some of the work that you've done. For sure. Um, so I guess it all started when I was 14 years old. Um, I mentioned my love for my mom, but she was a big proponent of uh, learning through travel. Um, she was the type of person that would you know, take us to Egypt and to Turkey and to uh, Cambodia, which is actually where I went when I was 14. Um, and we would learn such an immense amount from being in those countries, from their history, their way of life, their culture. Um, and, and Angkor Wat taught me a lot. Obviously, it's an incredibly, incredibly beautiful country. Um, sorry, it's, uh, Cambodia is an incredibly beautiful country. And Angkor Wat, which is obviously the structures of temples within Cambodia, which is where mm. we spent like three days because it's just so big. That place taught me a lot as well. Obviously, it's very um, centered around religion and change of religion kind of between you could kind of see the history of of Cambodia through the kind of change in architecture in Angkor Wat. But um, essentially, to make a long story short, while we were touring, I saw a young girl who was selling bracelets on the side of kind of the, the path. And she was probably one of the most entrepreneurial 
people I've ever met, just like the smile and the charm and the way she tried to kind of approach my family and make jokes and almost like it was, it's, it's kind of hard to describe, but it was amazing sales. You know, uh, she was an amazing salesperson and, um, it made me think like, you know, if, if this young girl has such an entrepreneurial spirit and fire, imagine what, you know, more she could do if she had access to education because she looked, you know, maybe I was 14. She looked maybe like 10 or 11 years old. and I could tell, you know, she wasn't in school and school didn't seem like a, a regular thing. So I, it just made me realize how blessed and privileged I was to have an education. And that prompted me to create an app, which was called Under the Radar Ringtones. Um, if you were a fan of the show Dragon's Den, um, like three, four years ago, you might've seen me. Uh, I was on season eight and again on the finale of season nine. Um, and yeah, no, I, I pitched, I was the youngest social entrepreneur to ever receive funding. Um, and you nailed it by the way, it was unreal <laughs> to watch that. Thank you. No, I, I really appreciate that. Um, and the app ended up hitting uh, number two on the iTunes most downloaded charts in Canada. And I became one of the youngest app developers in the world to have a top three app in in a country. So it was just a very, I was very blessed. Uh, as I mentioned, a lot of support. Um, it's not easy to deal with a, a 15 year old kid who has been on TV and who's apt as well as a, as a mother or an aunt or as a family, because that 15 year old kid can have an ego and, you know, can yeah. not listen to the people around him. So I'm blessed that my family stuck through and continued no matter what to always try to teach me lessons and values of being a good human being throughout that entire process. Incredible. How did you, I mean, this, this is a bit of a, a personal question on, on my side, given we're in the app space, but I, I can't imagine, you know, even on this side, when we start getting features in different countries, like you start, we start getting server warnings and spikes or like customer support type questions. I'm like, oh, something's happening again. I can, I can, I can see the signs. Um, how did you handle that kind of stuff? Because that's, that's a lot of traffic, obviously. And you know, I'm assuming that was one of your first apps, you know, that's, that's a lot to deal with. Yeah, it was, it was very interesting. Um, <laughs> it's a good you know, way to the, put it. Uh, technical support was 15 year old Onik on his email. Yeah, um, exactly. Trying to, trying to answer questions that sometimes I didn't even fully understand what the person was asking. So I would try to clarify, but at the end of the day, Mark, I'll be very, I'll be very blunt. The app was it's not, like it's a very it was very very simple there wasn't a lot that could go wrong so it's like you know i sure. kind of had a bag of, of answers that were like hey i'm not sure but if you do one of these three things that'll probably fix your problem because it was so yeah. simplified um but uh it was interesting it was weird to like you know see comments in like for example like the app was the the for a week like the top 7 in turkey for like entertainment apps and okay. I was just like, that was, was, I was just like, I remember seeing that. This is so interesting. Like people in Turkey are, are finding it. And like that week, like there was a bunch of reviews on the app store and there was a bunch of emails I got like that were like in like broken English and like some in Turkish. And it was just really interesting. It was like, if anything, I, I did my best to support those people, but it was just a cool experience as a 15 year old kid to be like, wow, like people on the other side of the world, the country that I had visited you know, they're enjoying something that I built. And that was just like a moment where it was like, wow, like this is so much larger than, you know, me or anything else is that people all over are enjoying it or they're taking part in kind of the social entrepreneurship, you know, where every download 20 cents goes to free the children. Um, 
you know, I'm not sure what reason prompted them to download it, but it was just cool to see that they did. Love that. What, I mean, if you had to chalk up that, that whole experience to a couple words, what, what would those be? Or what did you learn, I guess, from, from the experience? Uh, I, I'd say there's two. Um, one is it's very hard to get people to spend a dollar. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was, that was a very interesting learning experience for me. Um, trying to sell an app or market an app to friends or people in my community and just the difficulty in people spending a dollar. Yeah. Like, oh, like, yeah, I download it, but you know, it's a buck. And I remember being like, <laughs> like, like, you know, 20 cents goes to free like, the really? children. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's, you guys, you guys spend like seven fifty on your Starbucks and it's like one coffee. Like, you know, like, I'm like, you know, I'm someone, you know, I'm part of your community. It was just, that was a very interesting experience because it wasn't necessarily like I was raising money for a charity, which I'm sure many people would have, would have, uh, would have kind of you know bought it or bought in or you know supported and I wasn't like necessarily like a huge for-profit business I was in between so I wasn't necessarily pulling on the strings of either and I was kind of in the middle and it was just it's just such an interesting experience to be 15 years old and to have people in your high school just you know and I'll be very blunt like it was a private school like people you know weren't struggling they they had a dollar (laughs) not yeah you know like to have people just not buy your app and not want to support you. It was a very interesting experience. And it, it taught me a lot about kind of uh, kind of the way the world works, the way, you know, certain people's intentions are. It was just very interesting because for me, like, you know, if someone in my school made an app, like I definitely would have supported them, whether it was like, you know, a buck, five bucks, 10 bucks, like, you know, it's someone in my community and, you know, that's, it's important to support people around you because that's only how community grows. Uh, But it was very, that was, so that was very interesting. And the, the the second part was um, setting high expectations and tempering them if you don't achieve them. I think that was, especially as a young kid, super important because in entrepreneurship, and I'm, I know you know this well, Mark, but you need to set, you know, like my favorite, my favorite quote of all time in life period is reach for the stars. So if you fall, you land on the clouds. Hmm. Um, but it's very hard to handle that fall. Um, especially as a young kid, like I had all these expectations for what the app would do and what I would do immediately after the app or kind of what that would allow me. And, you know, I got to do amazing stuff. Believe me, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful to my family and, you know, to, to God for what, what I was able to, to have as a young kid, but realizing that, you know, you're not going to become a, you know, like a multimillionaire or whatever, like, you know, I can't like, you know, you know, I like I went to India and I um, when I was 15 and all the personal money that I made, I donated to uh, a primary school, the Delhi slums. And I spent about three days in, in at the school, um, donated school supplies, handed it out personally, talked to the students. I actually have all that interview footage on a camera somewhere in my house. And I would love I would I would do anything to find that to hear, you know, the stories that they shared, because I remember how much it touched me as a kid. And I'd love to hear them again. But um, you know, like I like came back and I'm like, oh my God, this was so amazing. Like, you know, if the app keeps doing well, like I could maybe, you know, support the school for the rest of my life or, you know, or, or mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. I was, I, you know, I, I never, it was never very, but those things never really, like I supported it for, for like three years. But 
off the app, but you know, it, it wasn't something that lasted forever. And it's just interesting learning to temper those expectations and not get mad at yourself or the world or the people around you because those things don't happen, but to appreciate the wins that you do have and, and learn from maybe those, those shortcomings or those expectations that aren't fully realized. Do you think that there's a bit of a, that at one point you went from a shift of just kind of trusting the path because I, I've gone through this as well. Just, you, you know, you launch, even us, you know, we launch a version or you, you launch a feature or something like that, or there's like a big initiative that takes place. And it's so, I think you automatically go into this mode of, um, I guess the way to put it, like setting expectations almost right for yourself versus just, you know what, we're putting, we're putting the work forward. We think this is the best route this is based on the information we have. This feels right. We'll let, the, we'll let the journey kind of dictate the results. And you know what? We may pivot somewhere at one point. But, but that, did that come up at one point, going, kind of going through those reflections that you just mentioned? Yeah. Um, from my perspective, I, I definitely think it was um, – I would say it was less business-orientated um it was like for me I, I definitely realized that through the app like at the end of the day like I can only do my best to build something and if people don't like it or I remember people you know saying that it sucked on the app store and that you know I sucked or whatever and being like you know what yeah. like <laughs> in life like I can just kind of do my best and have good intentions and people's response will be people's response and I can't do anything about that or change that um, especially as a 15 year old kid, you know, like people in your school are like, Oh, like you're a loser, like, you know, whatever, like before I went on TV and then after I went on TV, everyone was like, Oh, that's so cool. I'm like, all right, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, but honestly, like, I, I think I learned that a little bit more in life. I've, I've kind of had some, some crazy, crazy experiences with, with family, um, not with my health personally, but with my, my mom's health. And, you know, sometimes it's just like, wow, like, you know, that was really left up to, you know, God or a higher power or some mm -hmm. sort of higher energy in the universe, whatever, you know, each person subscribes to. Um, it was kind of left to that and there was nothing I could have done. I was, you know, it's, it's, it's in moments of helplessness that you truly understand how little you can maybe affect certain situations, but how you need to kind of be okay with that. Um, there's this great, flow chart that I always see popping around social media, which is like, do you have a problem in life? And it's like, no. And then it says, don't worry about it. And then it's like, do you have a problem in life? Yes. Can you do something about it? No. Then don't worry about it. And then it's like, can you do something about it? Yeah. Yes. Then don't worry about it. And it's just, it's such an interesting, it's such an interesting thing because it's like when something is wrong, people really stress out and, you know, they're like, oh my God, I got to do, you know, X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z. But that flow chart is so simple. It's like, if you can do something about it, then great. Don't worry. Just kind of take it easy, you know, understand its importance and address its importance. And if you can't do anything about it, understand that it's just kind of, you know, part of the world and it's just going to kind of be the way it is and do as much as you can to impact change, but understand that you aren't the sole controller of the outcome and yeah. just accept that. It's, it's interesting because it, something that's come up a lot for myself personally, just going through this journey with Keo is just the, the huge amount of value put on the pause and and let me describe that a bit, but basically that's kind of what you're talking about because they're, you know, the pause is the event has happened and 
then there's a reaction that's going to take place. Or there's a worry in your head, then there's a reaction that's going to take place. But it's that pause in between that either dictates whether you are going to react in a certain way or not, right? Or choose, say, don't worry. And yeah, I, I feel like that, you know, we're losing that. And because we're so much, so many of us are on, on autopilot with just the, the, the pace of life these days, right? That yeah, I definitely it's, say it's right. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to, so I'm, I'm curious um, for you just going through this journey and even where you're at now, how have you kind of tempered that reaction mode? And it's interesting because now you're, you're, you're full on in social media, right? So yeah. I'd love to dive into that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think also a lot of people don't pause. I especially think entrepreneurs don't pause because they feel like if they waste that second, they're never going to get that second back. Um, because yeah. it's, you know, everything's mission critical at that stage. Um, I think with, in my opinion, with with the pause, is that uh, mindfulness is the is the source of creativity and inspiration for me. Okay. So if I don't if I don't pause, whether that's at work, you know, someone says something to me. Um, well, a I think before anything else, if you don't pause, you use fight or flight because you know at the end of the day, no matter how advanced we are, we're still rudimentary human beings, and we have innate responses to things that make us stressed. So if someone goes to me, oh my, you know, like oh this this feature crashed and all of our users got kicked off, like I could either like go into fight or flight and get like you know get angry at this person and get angry at my developers and be like how did this happen, or I could just be like oh my god and just like you know like leave the situation or try to be like, Oh, like, you know, like delay the situation and and not have clarity. But yeah. if I kind of take the situation, take a deep breath, look at my outcomes, I should be able to lead better by taking that pause. Um, so I think, you know, the pause is probably the most important thing for an entrepreneur because a lot of entrepreneurship is, you know, dealing with uh, shortcomings or dealing with issues and persevering through that. So being able to pause, understand the big picture, remember the vision, remember why you started doing this um, and why you love what you're doing, I think is the, the value on that it can't be overstated. Um, it's so important. So to me, like I think that's, that's the most important pause in work. And um, I try to do a lot of, you know, whatever you want to call quote unquote pauses outside of work as well. You know, I, I really like being outdoors. Um, you know, obviously, I grew up in the West Coast, so mountains, beaches, oceans. Um, you know, nature obviously does a lot for mental health. But um, yeah, just knowing that you can also pause work or you can pause family, and that's not a negative thing. You're not pausing it maybe because you are unhappy with your situation. You might be the happiest person on the world, and you might have had the best week of work, and you know, you might have had the best week of family, but pause and reflect and appreciate that and, and be thankful and, and, and feel your blessings because that'll only help your, your outlook on, you know, the rest of your week or the rest of your month or year or life. So I think no matter whether things are going good or bad professionally or personally, that pause and that reflection piece is, is vital. I like how you added the, the good aspect to it. Cause even my, myself, I find, you know, I speak about the pause a little bit more and, you know, when you're in times of stress and worry and all of that, right? And I think you naturally gravitate to that. But 
especially in entrepreneurship, I've noticed, you know, when something does go well and, you know, we're, it's because we're always on to, you know, step 10 in the future by the time that happens. Right. But it's so, Mm -hmm. it's so important what you just said to just even just step back for a second and, you know, it's okay to give a bit of a pat on the back, you know, when, when these things like, like this is what you're, you've worked towards that. That's an outcome up to, you know, everything that you're, you're putting into whatever you're, you're working on, um, whether it's personal or professional. So I think, you know, just the, the pause in general, good and bad is, is a great, it's a great thing. So, so thanks for your perspective. I appreciate that. Oh, no worries. So speaking a little bit about the work that you're, you're doing now and also just, just the concept of social entrepreneurship, I just wanted to ask you like how, how, how do you have that mix in your life right now? And, you know, it's been, it's been a few years now since, since the Dragon's Den pitch, as well as, you know, you talked about uh, at a TED talk as well, and just social entrepreneurship. I'm curious, just get your, your perspective on how it's been evolving since, since those early days. Yeah. Um, when I, when I started kind of my social entrepreneurial journey, I was super impacted by the founder of Tom Shoes. Um, and I, I know there's, you know, a lot of people have certain negative feelings towards Tom Shoes, their production, certain mistakes that their executive team may have made. Um, I might not be familiar with all of them. I know a few, but as a 13 year old kid to see a shoe company or an apparel company say that every pair we sell, we're going to donate a pair. I, you know, I'd never seen anything like that before. Yeah. You know, Nike had never done anything like that. Adidas had never done anything like that. So I, you know, I, I bought, I had like three pairs of Tom's because I liked some of their shoe design and they were popular at the time. And, but you know, Tom's shoes doesn't, you know, I'm sure they probably still exist. They have a website, but I can't tell you the last time I saw someone wearing Tom's. Um, and so I do believe yeah, that it's not that recent. No, it's not. That's and, true. Right. I mean, yeah. And it's sorry, honestly, Mark, no, no, uh, I'd love your perspective on it. Um, but it's just, it's just so interesting because until you asked me this question, I actually hadn't really sat and reflected. So it's really cool that you asked cause it's very fresh for me right now. But I think social entrepreneurship is evolving in the sense that larger companies and industries are understanding the importance of of social of like being you know I don't social is not the word I'm looking for but being involved with you know giving back whether it's you know through their stances on political issues like you know Nike their whole campaign with the different faces you know putting Colin Kaepernick Mm -hmm. on one of those like that is in my opinion social entrepreneurship because you as a corporation you as a for-profit company have taken a stance on a social issue and a very strong stance. There was no, you know, in between, there was no like, Oh, we're not sure what Nike thinks. Like, you know, there was, it was very, it was very clear. Yeah. I think that's super important. Um, so we're seeing a lot more of that. And at the end of the day, a lot of people ask me, they're like, would you be mad at a huge company, you know, doing social entrepreneurship, even if they didn't care about supporting people or whatever, they only did it for the publicity and I said, at the end of the day, you know, I can't change why people want to do good. I can't tell you that, you know, uh, this person only did it for an Instagram photo or this person only did it for the goodwill or for their company. But at the end of the day, I just, you know, will be thankful that people around the world are trying to do good and make the world a better place. So great point. I, I think social entrepreneurship is in a very interesting place. So, and I'd, I'd love your perspective on it because I know you've been, 
you probably see a lot of kind of all sides of it. Yeah. Well, so, so first of all, just, you know, thanks for bringing up Tom's is I, I fall in that same boat. I remember when they were really big and you're, you're right. It seemed like everyone had a pair of Tom's and the story was, was pretty hot. And it, it seems like that was kind of just like yesterday, but yeah. it's, you really hit it. Like, uh, like what's happening with them now? I mean, I know they're still around, but it's not, you know, it's not as, as, as prominent as it, as it was. Um, but I think in general, just just to kind of answer your question, just what we're seeing even on the Keo side, and and it kind of it kind of incorporates a lot of the stuff that you you've already talked about. But it's like you know we're doing everything we can to help unlock minds essentially around the world, so that you know if people were to read our our purpose statement, which is up in the website or on the blog, um, it's really like the the premise is if if we can help people mentally find that clarity and calm and and feel like they're okay then the likelihood of that individual going on to do really great work in this world and being able to be a part of you know feed the children and all of these different you know wonderful organizations is way higher than when you're sitting back wherever you are struggling right so that's that's been our take with keel on the on the social entrepreneur side but then at the same time you know, we have a team that it, like financially it's, it's really challenging. And to your point about people who spending a dollar for an app um, is hard. Right. And I'll, I'll add to that on our side. It's like you release something and it's like, there's a, there's a flurry of comments like, Oh, where's this feature, that feature. And you're like, Oh man, like we just work so hard just to get this out. Like it's yeah. like never enough yeah. and it's never enough. And it has to be free. Yet, you know, yeah. like we're humans over here that also need to eat and live and all that stuff. So it's, it's something I struggle with, to be honest, it's, it's just that balance of, you know, doing the right thing, but also being able to create a, you know, sustainable business. Cause that's, that's what we're also trying to do Because if we can do that, then, you know, our chances of, of reaching more people and helping more people go up, but mm-hmm. At the same time, and there's there's some there there are some movements taking place right now in the you know in the fundraising and the investor world that is is encouraging. But to, up until now, it's you know the, the the social entrepreneurship world is I wouldn't say is that backed. Like you know yeah. when, when it comes down to things, you know what are your monthly active users and what are the conversions <laughs> like? You know it's things like that that I get it, but at the same time. You know, if you, and and we've seen this with journaling, with just other people that I've interviewed, like it literally has saved someone's life. So how do you put a cost on, on that, you know, yeah. or a number to that? So yeah, I, so I guess I'm, I'm rambling a bit, but I mean, I'm encouraged that things are, are shifting and um, I feel hopeful that there'll be some changes and, and more support in this overall community and it's you know with people like yourself and and the team that i know uh in your circle that will will help a lot of that so yeah um thanks for the question you threw no worries i typically don't get the questions thrown back at me you threw me off a little bit (laughs) (laughs) no no it's just i and all the awesome work that you guys no i was just saying i know all the awesome work that you guys do so i just was really interested in hearing your perspective because you've been in the industry a lot longer than I have. 
So to kind of hear how you've seen the change in growth, because, you know, five years for me is a fourth of my life. So, you know, for me to look at social entrepreneurship, it's really like the last five years because I wasn't really looking at it too much younger than 15, like 10 to 15, a little bit, but not a crazy amount. So uh, it was just really, I loved hearing your perspective. So that's why I kind of threw it back. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it's fun. It's it's a real conversation. So I like about it. Um, I definitely want to chat a little bit about just mental fitness in general, yeah. as you know, you know, that's a, a huge part of what we're, we're, what we're up to. And we're, we're just trying to provide, you know, stories and questions and, and tools and tips and stuff to help people get started in, in this space. Um, so the, I mean, the first question I'd like to, to ask just to, to set the ground, but when I say the word mental fitness, like what does that actually mean to you? Uh, yeah, I, I think me- mental fitness to me is really the ability to take what at the end of the day almost every single human being deals with and rationalize it to find purpose and to find meaning behind it and 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 I know that's kind of obscure at the start but you know every single person and every single day is going to experience many many wins and are also going to experience many losses it doesn't matter who you are um whether you're the most world's most successful and powerful CEO or you know you are a student just starting your your journey. Um, you're going to experience wins. You're going to experience losses, both personally and professionally. And to me, mental fitness is how you can um, appreciate and be thankful for the blessings and the wins, and how you can also appreciate and be thankful for the lessons and the losses. And rationalize that everyone has bad days. Rationalize that everyone has tough experiences. Not every, you know all the time. People get rejected all the time. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's easier said than, than done. And that's, and that's what I think mental fitness is, you know, to me, the, the person who had, you know, the best mental fitness would just be able to take the ebbs and flows of life with, with grace and with elegance and with strength and have a very positive outlook no matter what. Um, and kind of just, it's that person that you see that just somehow, no matter what, always seems to be smiling and laughing. Uh, to me that that is my goal. Like if I could be truly mentally fit, that's what life would look like for me. That's a beautiful perspective. Um, thank you for sharing that. What on your side then have, like, what are some of the things that you're doing now that help you on your, whether it's mental or physical fitness, frankly, but just some of the things in your routine that are staples or non-negotiables as you as, as you know, as you described, like going through the different ebbs of flows of, of life. For sure. Um, fitness was a, is a huge part of my life. Physical fitness is a huge part of my life. Um, I think it leads directly into mental well, well-being and mental fitness. Um, I've been bad for the last seven months uh, with TrueFan. Um, and, and, you know, when I was in university for the two years, I'd go five to six days a week, every week, you know, unless I was super sick. Um, and in grade 12, when I wasn't playing a specific sport, because, you know, at the start of the year, I was applying to universities. But the second, you know, I, I just worked out a lot. Um, and then prior to that, it was sports. So the last seven months have been bad. And I've definitely noticed um, certain days where there's a lot of stress, um, or a week where there's a lot of stress is that I don't deal with it as well if I'm not going to the gym. So, mm-hmm. but I think in life too, like I had been going for close to three years very consistently. 
I think I almost needed to stop to then appreciate its importance in my life to then reevaluate and, you know, re-understand how important it is and want to make it another large part of my life. It's kind of that renewal period. Sometimes you're kind of, yeah. you, you need to give yourself that, that break. And at first it was very frustrating because I was upset at myself and I told myself to go and then I'd go and then I'd get injured or I'd go and I'd get sick. Um, I remember I went for like two and a half weeks straight. I was feeling great. And I got hit with like a super, super bad flu, like in November, like I didn't go to work for a week. I was so sick and it was so frustrating. Yeah. Um, and then I, I kind of just came to the point where I'm like, you know, what, Anna, give yourself empathy. You know, a lot of things are happening. A lot of things are changing. It's very hard to build a, a schedule. Um, it's okay. Just, you know, try sure. to make the most of it. Try to give yourself that empathy. And, you know, in the new year, when maybe things are a little bit more straightforward, or you have a better schedule, or you understand how to deal with all this n- new stuff that you're going through in life, you'll find a really consistent time to exercise. So that's kind of um, my perspective on that. And, you know, I, I have a great goal, like, Swish and I are moving to Toronto in February. I already know what gym I'm going to have a membership for. So I don't waste time in that. I already know mm. how I want to structure my days. I have a, a fitness goal for myself. So it's not, oh, I'm going back to the gym just to get really strong again. It's I'm going back to the gym because I want to gain X amount of weight because I want to reach this goal on this mach- this exercise. Um, and I think goal setting is is really important. Sorry, I went on a really long tangent on physical no, fitness, but <laughs> that's no, that's it's good. And what I really like is that because this is real. I mean, we all face this. I mean, you're honest, right? Like it, the last last little bit hasn't been the greatest on 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 something that has been a staple in your life, and like yeah. you've got a plan to to get it back going, which. Which I think people need to hear is I myself too. Like it's not I don't journal every day. Um, and you know, some days are, are better than others, but it again, it's it comes to that pause of 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 reflection on okay, like I do I don't feel great. What's changed? What's what's you know, what do I need to kind of pull back into the routine? And it sounds like you're you're on that path. So that's exciting. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's just uh I'm ho- I'm hopeful that I'll I'll follow through with the plan once I move. Um, it'll probably take me obviously a week and a bit to settle in. It's gonna be, you know I gotta get a furniture and all that stuff. So it's gonna be busy, but I think if I can make time and one of the things I realized and this is just a sidebar, but like the mornings, like get up early and do stuff in the mornings because no one really seems to bother you from six to eight thirty or like six to even ten. Like that yeah. period of time is pretty free, but after like 10, 30, 11, it's like you just get hit with everything. So um, yeah. it's tough. I remember one thing I loved actually is I loved working out in the middle of my work day. Uh, I was super blessed. I, I interned at this, it's an amazing, amazing company. They're called Axiom Zen. They're based in Vancouver. Um, they've built some applications and startups that have raised you know tens of millions of dollars that have been used all over the world. Um, but they had a gym in their office building and I would go uh, kind of during lunch. I would work out for like an hour and then I'd eat while I worked. Um, but it was so amazing working out in the middle of my work day. Like it was the biggest blessing. It like refreshed. If I was like tired or frustrated, I'd feel great after. If I felt like I was going through a creative roadblock, it would help me. 
if I was having a great day, it was just another thing to add on top to a great day. That was really cool. Um, and I, you know, I think I'm actually going to, wherever we try to find our office later on in life, I'm going to really try to find a hope that it has a really good gym in the building. Cause that was a really cool experience for me. And I would love to be able to do that again. I know it's pretty impractical for majority of people, but, um, that was a cool experience and I'm really going to try to start getting up earlier and going to bed earlier and doing things like working out in the morning so that I really don't have an excuse. Yeah. The morning it's, you know what it, I mean, I, I've been a morning person for probably 12 years now. And to, to be honest, I think that it, it's actually, that's when the idea for Keo pretty much started. It was probably 12 years ago, just consistently, you know, having it some sort of practice in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, but I wasn't like that before. Um, and what I've learned going through that, it's just like, there's, it doesn't have to be complicated. The, the, sim- the simple aspect of it is that if you can own your morning, then you, you're starting off the day on your own terms. Yeah. Right. Um, and to your point that the longer the day goes, the, the higher, the likelihood that, you, you know, someone's going to push you off the track and you're going to have to deal with that. And cause I, even I fall in this, sometimes I, I won't go to the gym in the morning or I'll skip, uh, maybe it's a meditation. Or I'll do something. I'll, I'll like, I'll do it in the middle of the day or I'll do it at the end of the day. And I don't know what the stats would be on my side, but I, I want to say probably for sure over half, if not higher than that, you know, it's not happening, right? Like something mm-hmm. comes up and it's, there's an excuse like, okay, well kind of reset tomorrow or something. Yeah. So it's just, uh, the morning just kind of sets you up for, for success essentially. Um, so yeah, no, it's a, it's a great goal. And the gym, I mean, we're, we're obviously the, the Keo team over here. We're super pumped to have you in the city over here. And we, yeah. we definitely support that that gym mission. So <laughs> the day we actually have a physical office, let's let's split the cost and make sure there's a gym there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, What's, um, what about for your mind? Is there anything that, that you've picked up over the years that you've consciously been, um, you know, putting in your routine or something that that's evolved with you over this journey for sure so there's one and it's it's something that i'm trying to uh i think may i don't i don't know i'll explain it and then it might help me with the words i'm looking for right now but essentially um i've based on just a lot of stuff that's happened in my life and a lot of stuff that i've seen i've realized that it's super important to be grateful for for the day um, because you never know what's going to happen in life, um, health related, family related, professionally related, whatever it may be. Um, so what, what I try to do is I try to, you know, um, I just try to, not that I, you know, like I'm like, you know, live every day, like it's going to be your last, like, and stuff like that. But I try to really enjoy every single aspect of my day. And part of that sometimes means that, especially in entrepreneurship, it's like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, like 100% obviously is not enough in entrepreneurship. You can't just do everything you're expected to do. You need to do more, especially if, you know, you're like myself, you're a co-founder, you're the COO, you're, you know, your job is to lead people. But sometimes in my, what I do is I, I look at it and I'm like, does this need to get done today? No. Does this really need to get done kind of in the next couple of days? Partially, but not really. Or maybe this does need to get done, but can I do it tomorrow? Like, does it necessarily need to be done right now at 6 p.m.? And mm-hmm. 
you know, and sometimes it might be an unpopular opinion and some entrepreneurs that are watching this might be like, oh, like, you know, not committed or doesn't have a drive. But I really just try to, at that point, say, you know what, I've done a really great job today um, and I'm going to go and I'm going to spend time with friends. I'm going to spend time with family. I'm going to, you know, uh, encourage myself to have some 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 play and some downtime. Um, and because, you know, like I could be driving home and something could happen and I, you know, like... Like, yeah. I, I don't want to sound morbid, but like something could really happen. And I've seen it. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it with family. I've seen it with friends. And, you know, if 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 the goal is to drive as fast as you can to get to a destination, what happens if you don't get to that destination? You could be driving for years. And if that destination never comes, like, what was the, if you know, if you're not appreciating the drive, it, that that to me just seems like it was you know whether you reach the goal or not even if you reach the destination if you don't appreciate the drive to me you you miss the the most important part um so that's something so that well I, said that's something that i try to deal with um it's hard it's kind of hard being 20 and being an entrepreneur where you know family and even mentors are like oh like you know like also the you know the state of entrepreneurship with the hustle porn you know, like, and I love, I yeah. love what Gary says, but I think it's a bit of a problem to tell people that, you know, if you're not working 20 hours a day and if you have friends or this, that like, you know, you won't succeed. Um, I think it's much more about a balance. Um, and I'll, and I try to be very upfront. I try to tell people like, if you don't like, if I don't have downtime, if I don't have the ability to go outside or go on a hike or spend time with my friends and laugh, I'm going to come into the office tomorrow and I'm not going to be creative and I'm not going to be as I, like, you know, I'm not going to be the person that you, the reason I'm on this team, like I'm not normally on the team to, you know, grind through a bunch of work. Like obviously you grind through a bunch of work, but people want me on the team because like, you know, Onik has really good ideas or Onik can think really creatively or Onik can kind of solve problems that sometimes we're challenged with. And that oftentimes requires a lot of creativity, innovation, whatever you want to call it. And I think for me, a lot of that stems from separating myself and giving myself, you know, the break to, and or the ability to enjoy the journey, because all those that reflection time, going back to what we talked about earlier, by doing all those pauses, if I can sit and reflect on the many pauses throughout the day, that just allows me to look at things much more critically. I mean, so first of all, just so well said. I mean, that analogy of you know driving as fast as you can to to the destination and and. I think it's a real, I think it's a real thing that, you know, it's possible you don't get to that destination, but your point, even if you do, you know, if you haven't seen anything, like what's, what's the point, right? It's because, because the other thing we do know is when we do get to the destination, we're already looking at the next destination. Yeah. So, you know, so yeah. at, at, that's why, I mean, I think it's, and all the magic is in, is in that journey. So great, great insight. And I think it's a great way to to live life. And I think we all kind of need little reminders like this along the way to just take that pause and, and enjoy where, where you're at in the present. So thank you. Um, I'm, I'm going to start wrapping up. Just I want to respect your time and it's morning where, sure. where you are right now. So, <laughs> um, you know, want to make sure that you, you've got that time. Uh, one of the last questions is just to get your three reflective prompts that, and these are, these are potentially questions that either just circulate in your life on a, on a frequent basis, or when you've had to make big 
uh, decisions you you found have helped. And um, these will be loaded along with the podcast into the app so that people can um, literally take this conversation and and apply it hopefully to their life by answering that question wherever they, they are in their journey. Cool. Okay. That's really cool, actually, Mark. That's dope. Um, I guess the first one that I would say to myself is, which I've been at, which I've, you know, we could, I could talk about this for another hour, but what is <laughs> sure. really, what is really important to me? And like, uh, like what at the crux is like the most important things at the end of the day, not right now, not in this week, but if I'm going to look at how I want to create change for the rest of my life, what are the pillars that I want to guide me? So like, what is mm. truly important to me? That is something that I've, I ask myself a lot and I really, you know, whether for good or bad, I let that guide me a lot. Um, so question. that, that would be one. Um, the other one is, am I enjoying what I'm doing? Um, I think it's very easy to fall into a trap of, yeah, you know, I, I love what I'm doing and, you know, I, uh, I went to you know, at Stanford University, we call it the duck syndrome, where it's everyone looks happy hmm. above water and they're floating, but underwater, everyone's legs are just flapping and, and going like crazy. Is that, you know, everyone wants to show a, a face of strength and a face of, you know, excitement and, and like, you know, coolness. Like that's what social media is. It's like, look at me, look at my life. Um, but on the inside, you might not be loving what you're doing or you might be, you know, not loving a relationship you're in, whether it's personally or professionally. Um, so just asking yourself, like, am I genuinely happy with what I'm doing right now? Um, and understanding that being happy is is very important. Um, yeah. Bringing it back to the other point that I that I brought, you know, nothing in life is really guaranteed, you know, day by day. So making sure that you're happy is super important. Um, and the last question is, is for me, is that am I doing something that makes the world a better place? Um and that doesn't necessarily mean like, am I creating the world's greatest not-for-profit or, you know, am I constantly, you know, posting articles on, you know, X, Y, and Z social cause that I feel passionate about? That might just mean like in my everyday life, am I being a positive member of society? Am I being a positive member of my workplace? And am I being a positive member of my, you know, internal circle of family and friends? Um, you know, such a great question. No, I was just going to say, I mean, to me, like, as soon as you said that, I just, I saw, I mean, I haven't met this girl, obviously, but the, the, the picture I had in my head based on your description, I saw that girl again, you know, that yeah. kind of striked your social entrepreneurship journey. And it yeah. just kind of came full circle to me when you, when you mentioned that question. The greatest, one of the greatest pieces of advice I got in public speaking was that, you know, someone said, Hey, Onik, you know. Uh, you're going to change the world through your speaking. I'm like, no, I'm not like, you know, I'm 16. I'm just speaking at high schools. And he's like, Onik, if you change one kid's perception of entrepreneurship, social entrepreneurship, what it means to be a minority person in business or a minority in, you know, uh, you know, a non-minority dominated, you know, industry or whatever it may be. He's like, you've changed that person's perspective on the world. Thus you've changed the world. And it was, it was mm. such an amazing realization is like, if I just make one person's day better or their, you know, to help their perspective, I've actually changed the world because I've changed the world to that person. Um, and that made me realize that, you know, no small act of, of kindness or no small act of positivity can ever go to waste. So just trying to be a very 
positive, you know, member, positive person of interaction, no matter where it is and, and who it is. Um, I think that's, that's something that I'd ask myself is, you know, am I contributing to society in a positive way? Beautiful prompts. Last question for you, man. Yeah. In the, if you think of the next six months, what, what really makes you smile? That's such a great question. Wow. I, I really, I need to add that to the questions I ask myself. Um, I think what makes me smile in the next six months is in six months, my brother will be done 11th grade, which will be really cool. Um, he's super smart and he'll be kind of gearing up towards university. And I'm really excited for that time in his life. Um, I'm hoping uh, my mom's going on a really amazing trip for her 50th birthday. So she'll be back from that. And I'm hoping that that's given her uh, lots of love and energy and insight into what she wants to do with the rest of her life. Cause she's always, she's done so much amazing stuff and she's raised two amazing kids now, but I hope mm. that she can focus on herself more um, and, and, you know, her own mental health and her own mental well being Cause she's done so much for my brother and I, um, I really am excited for what, um, you know, true fans going to look like what my, you know, what, you know, the company is going to do. I know it's going to do really amazing things. So that makes me smile. Um, and, uh, I didn't really touch upon this in the podcast, but, uh, I have a, a girlfriend. She's a lot of what you hear me speak today, Mark, isn't how I would think about the world if it weren't for her. Um, we've been dating for two years and the last hmm. three years of my life have been the hardest three years of my life. And she's been one of the main reasons why I, 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 I have, I think a positive outlook. She's really forced me to think that way. So, um, I'm really excited for, all that I am to learn from her, all that I am able to grow from, from her wisdom and her insight and her love. Um, and I'm excited for all my close friends. They're all doing really amazing stuff right now. One of my friends is going to graduate. One of my friends is going to be applying to law school and the other friend has just recently started a startup. So, um, I'm really excited for all of them and, and their, their success and their growth makes me smile. So. What a beautiful answer. And it, to me, like I, you can't see, but I have a huge smile on my face because we're ending the podcast exactly the way we started it. You know, what defined you really boiled down to relationships and friends and family and, you know, what really lights you up each day. And, and here we are, you know, that's, that's still what makes you smile, you know, in six months. So yeah. Couldn't couldn't think of a better way to to, to end the conversation. Um, on behalf of myself, everyone listening, uh, just a huge heartfelt thank you for for you being you and and the work that you're putting out in this world and the mission that you have. Um, you know, to make this this place a better place, one conversation at a time. So thank you for that. No, and and thank you, Mark, for for doing this and allowing me to come on the podcast and share my story. Um, this is really awesome what you guys are doing, not obviously with Keel, but with this podcast as well. It's it's amazing. The questions that you asked where I actually haven't thought, I haven't done as much self-reflection in this hour that I probably have it probably in the last week. So I'm super happy. I'm going to, that six months question, what makes you smile? I'm definitely going to add that to the questions I ask myself um, because it's such a great question because it just forces you to think about everything positive in your life. And it's a great question. So I'm, I'm so happy that you asked me that. And again, thank you so much for, for having me on. It was a, it was truly a blessing to be able to, to kind of share my few tidbits of, of knowledge that I could. 
Well, that makes that makes me smile, man. So thank you for that. <laughs> Have yourself an amazing day. Likewise. Likewise.